0: And Welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about reverse mortgages. Reverse mortgages. This is a very specific type of finance product that is directed primarily towards retirees, to older New Zealanders. And what this allows you to do is if you don't have a lot of retirement savings, you've got some bills, you've got some things you want to do, you can take a loan out against the existing equity within your home And you don't have to make repayments. And so what happens is, of course, there's still interest, but the interest is capitalised, which means it's rolled into that mortgage, so it increases every year. And what that means is you obviously don't have to make repayments and you're still able to get a loan where you otherwise wouldn't be able to because generally retirees aren't working so you don't have the income or the servicing ability to pay for that mortgage. But it means that you're able to get cash out to fund your retirement or to fund whatever expenses you've got as you're getting older. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and some alternatives as well that you might like to consider. Andrew, you've been dealing in the retirement industry for a while. What's your initial opinion on these reverse mortgages? Okay,
1: so, so my disclaimer is that I don't really like them. And the reason that I thought these might be of interest to everyone is because I've just noticed a little bit of advertising related to them recently. I've also had a couple of clients inquire about them for their parents. And so I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about them. Having said that, one of the articles that Ed gave me in preparation for this was an article out of our own Juno magazine, and this one came out and it was an article about a couple, John and Margaret, who were stressed out after COVID-19, left them without a job, and they were able to actually get some money out of their home. And so the situation was that John, who's 67, had a medical procedure which meant he had needed an operation on his foot, it took much longer to heal, and then he managed to get a mortgage holiday, so that's where you're normal bank will capitalise the interest, which of course, again, not the best option in the world, but also, you know, it's a necessary evil in a situation like this. And that was all well and good. But then when COVID struck, then he ended up in a situation where he lost his job. And so as a result of his redundancy, he needed to raise some money, but of course the bank wouldn't give him any. And of course he could go on another mortgage holiday, but at the end of that mortgage holiday break, his payments were going to go up and that was going to leave him in an even worse financial situation. So in this case, he didn't want to send his partner back off to work because she was a similar age. And so what he did is he he looked at Heartland Bank's offering. And I think Heartland Bank is probably one of the only lenders that actually kind of still does this. I don't think there's very many around nowadays. Heartland was the one that I'd seen the advertising for. And to be fair, Heartland's is kind of probably the last man standing and it's probably not a bad product. In the past, I have seen other finance companies that offer these type of things with much more significant fees and interest rates than what Heartland Bank's offering is now. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. But in this case, they were able to actually raise some money and they were able to use it for what they needed and they don't actually have to make payments again. So what that means is that from a monthly basis, the mortgage that they have, let's say it starts at fifty thousand dollars, it goes up to fifty thousand plus the eight percent interest gets added on and that goes and that's compounding effect.
0: That's right. So if you took out that 50K, and look, just so you know, the standard interest rate that Heartland uses is 8%, so it's a significant interest rate. It's about three times what you'd pay on a retail mortgage at the moment. So if you take that out, that 50K loan, and you're 60, next year you're paying interest on 54K and then it's 8% of 54K, and then it's again and again and again. So you can see how it compounds so that over the long term, that loan balance can increase quite substantially. And that's why the first thing I'd say is this is probably better to use a reverse mortgage if you're only going to use it for a finite period. So for instance, if you're 70 now and you take out this reverse mortgage and you know that by the time you're 80, you're probably going to go in a retirement home. Because if you hold that mortgage, you take out 100, K, for instance, and then you hold that for 30 years or say 20 years, it can increase quite significantly. So let me just give you an example of this. If you are currently 60, you're going to take out 100K and you're going to hold that for 20 years. So by the time you're 80 years old, you're going to go and you're going to move into a retirement home. So that 100K has now increased to 493K. So an enormous difference, almost 400K added onto that. Now, if you hold onto it for an extra 10 years, so that 100K... You're paying 8% every year for a total of 30 years. That goes up to almost $1.1 million. So it's significant. You only want to use a reverse mortgage for a very short time period because otherwise it compounds and compounds and compounds. So you do need to be very careful. Having said that again, it is probably what I would say a last resort option. If you haven't been able to save for retirement, if you haven't been able to invest, and you want to be able to do some things like renovate your house or go on holiday before you go into a retirement village that's when you might use something like this but it's certainly not what you'd want to do over a long term sort of thing. Yes,
1: the quote that compounding interest is the greatest invention comes to mind and that refers to compounding interest in a savings account. Just remember that when it's in reverse such as a reverse mortgage it's probably the worst invention in the world certainly for the end user if, again, like Ed says, there's other options maybe out there. So what are those other options, Ed?
0: Well, actually, just before we get into those, I just want to go through a couple of details, if that's okay, Andrew. Firstly, the way you pay it off is either when you move out, you die, or you sell your house. So what's important to note is that that balance of the loan becomes due as soon as you move out. So it's not like you can keep the house, move into a retirement village and keep that reverse mortgage there until you die. No, as soon as you move out, got to sell that house or somehow get the money to pay that down. Now, what if one person dies, Ed? Well, in that case, what you'd want to make sure is that the reverse mortgage is in both partners' names. Because if you've only got the reverse mortgage in the older partner's name and they unfortunately die, then that's when that balance would still become due because that's where whose name that mortgage was under. So then
1: poor old Doris is being kicked out because Billy's drunken too much whiskey and died early.
0: Well, there can be some difficulties there, but what's important to note is the amount that you can get for a reverse mortgage is scaled based on how old you are. So if you're 60, you can mortgage up to 15% of the value of that home. If you're 65, it's 20%. If you're 70, it's 25% and it goes up 1% per year. But if it's under both partners' names, they're going to use. Use the lower of the two. So if Doris in this case is 65 and Billy is 70, then they can't use Billy's age and say, cool, we're going to borrow 25. No, it's 20% because Doris is slightly younger in that case. The other thing is if your property is in a trust or in a limited liability company, whatever it happens to be, yes, you are able to use a reverse mortgage, but you have to get agreement from the owners of that property. So in, in this instance, the trustees, which might be your kids as well. And just very, very briefly, there are some set up costs associated with this. It's about a grand to do it through Heartland, plus you're going to have to pay for a valuation, which might be something like $750. Look, let's get into those five or so alternatives that we have if you don't want to use a reverse mortgage. And I would encourage you to look at these before you start going and do that. What's number one, Andrew? Number one, and
1: this is the one that I've recommended, is get help from your kids or if your parents are looking at something like a reverse mortgage and there's a property that potentially is going to flow down through inheritance, lend your parents the money yourself, even if you have to borrow that money. And in in fact, that's exactly what some of my clients did. In that instance, they bought the property off the parents and gave them a lump of cash. And some others that I know, what they did in that instance was, I think the parents needed like a hundred grand and there were four of them. So they each went to their respective banks and borrowed 25000 against, their own house, gave the parents the 25000 they pay the interest on the 25000 themselves, and the equity is preserved in that property. So when the parents do pass away or go into a retirement home, it flows through. And that is a much more economic way of doing it rather than the inheritance being eroded by that inflation rate of 8%, which is compounding.
0: And of course, the big thing that makes a difference there is the difference in interest rates. If you go ahead and borrow that money against your own home and give it to your parents, you're going to be paying maybe 2.55%. If they use a reverse mortgage, it's 8%. So but it's compounding, and that's the big difference yes, as yes, well. Yes, yes, yes. Well, both effects will have it. The next thing, of course, is to downsize and do it early. So, if you've got a property that's worth, say, you're in Auckland, for instance, you've got a property worth a million dollars, and it's a four-bedroom home, and you're able to downsize to something that's worth six hundred and free up four hundred k worth of equity. Well, that's the forty percent that you'd be able to free up anyway if you went through a reverse mortgage. Of course, that does mean that you are going to have to move and you may not want to do that necessarily. There are some reasons why you might want to stay in your home, but actually perhaps the financial implications might mean that that's actually more attractive than otherwise staying there. What else have you got, Andrew?
1: Another sort of similar option is to subdivide. So if you've got some extra land, particularly, you know, we've spoken about Auckland with the unitary plan changes, maybe you've got the ability now to carve off a piece of land and you might be able to borrow the money to do that through your bank and then you sell that piece of land afterwards. That's a good way of raising cash. Again, you get to stay in your your own house but you
0: get the cash as well And similarly, you could go into a retirement home early. Now, the one thing that I would say as well is essentially you've got a similar financial arrangement with the deferred management fees in retirement homes, which of course, when you unfortunately die and they have to sell that property onto somebody else, there are additional fees that come off that. That is, in essence, very similar to a reverse mortgage in that case. And actually, just as a wee side note, New Zealand was quite world leading with bringing that model over to New Zealand with that deferred management fee structure. The last thing that you might want to consider as well is renting out your home. So if you've got a big four bedroom house and it's got some spare bedrooms, that's where you may want to Airbnb some, or you may want to find some other arrangement where you're able to rent some out on an ongoing basis to get that additional income from your property. Those are probably the main five alternatives to using a reverse mortgage that would probably recommend you at least look into before you go out with a reverse mortgage. But actually, number six that I should mention is don't get yourself in a position where you need a reverse mortgage so invest early. All listeners
1: of this show have no reason to end up needing a reverse mortgage. But if your parents who maybe haven't listened to a podcast or don't even know what that is, get into a position where they need them, try and help them out before they do need to use one.
0: Yeah certainly if you're in your 40s or 50s or younger I almost want to say there's no excuse for you needing to use a reverse mortgage if you really put some of this stuff into action. Now let's wrap it up there but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out more people. And hey, we do have our live in-person events coming up. Now, Auckland has already sold out. We've already maxed out our capacity. So my request for you is this. If you are coming to our Auckland event, this is on the 22nd of October, and you find out that you're unable to make it anymore, then please do get in touch and let us know because that means that we can give those seats to somebody else. And of course, if you have been humming and hiring about coming to our Christchurch or Wellington events, then go ahead and sign up because I know these tickets are going to go as well and I don't want you to miss out. So if you want to sign up to that, tap or swipe over the cover art. I'm going to drop a link into the show notes or if you listen on Spotify or one of those other platforms that don't have show notes, go to opspartners.co.nz slash pod event. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And we're gonna be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.